1: It's The List and your boy with
2: Jimmy Van and Sean Ross Sap. With Jimmy and Sean, sell pills for your dong, make a fantastic song, make a
0: fantastic song. What's up, you guys? It is August 14th. Listen, you boy, I am Sean Ross Sapp. Fightful.com. I am joined by Jimmy Van. Jimmy, how are you? You're Sean from the Twitter. I I am from the the Twitter.
3: Yeah, from the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah.
0: Twitter won't let me put an I in my display name, Jimmy. I didn't know that until you told me that. I'm back home. You know what? I'm, I'm a little disappointed. I was told by Nikita Krylov fan right before we went on the air, I should be in Lexington tonight. Dolph Ziggler's there doing comedy off-Broadway. I could have grabbed a quick interview, especially since WWE, I, I'm their favorite Favorite
3: guy now. W- w- yeah, WWE.com put you in the Trisha uh special. That was cool. So a little
0: was... little glance. Yeah, little a little glance. glance. Let's, let's
1: yeah. Surprise. But yeah.
3: yeah. So, you know what uh, What I got out of this whole experience with Sean coming to SummerSlam, coming to Toronto? Uh, I know what you got. A what a hilarious
0: I get? Uber bill.
3: I did get a hilarious Uber bill. No, you know what I got? What I got out of that is that I am a star maker. what i what i what i got out of the whole thing you look just like him do i yeah that's yes (laughs) what i got out of it was that i took you from nothing and i made you a star yeah. And so anybody yeah. watching this podcast, if you're currently in the toilet the way that Sean Rossap was, all you got to do is give me a call, and I will turn you into a star, oh, too.
0: Let me tell you, with our viewership, you're getting lots of requests. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, well, I thought that it was a pretty good trip. The Uber bill was very expensive. We're going to talk yeah, about public about transit next time. Like,
0: you're about to treat me like one of those girls at the end of a bang bus episode and just <laughs> kick me out of a vehicle. <laughs> Jimmy acted like he doesn't know what I'm talking about. Bang what?
3: What? What, what is this you speak of? What? Bang what? What? Uh, so if anybody yet, uh, if you're not on FightfulSelect.com, you should go there because Sean's interview with Becky Lynch is up. Uh, that was a very pleasant interview. I was telling Sean off the air.
0: on this show, Jimmy.
3: Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, then you're going to see it on this show. I didn't know. You're going to see it on the show then. And it's uh, it was great for two reasons. Reason number one, Becky cut a promo, which is really good. Reason number two, Becky Lynch knew Sean Ross app. She recognized him from the Twitter. She the said The Twitter.
0: So I I can I can take that. Um there there's a funny interaction with Braun Strowman where he talks about how much he hates the dirt sheets.
3: <laughs> not knowing probably you No, know.
0: he, he kinda he, I think he got the feeling. He kind of knew. Okay, okay, yeah. okay.
3: Well, that, I thought it was a, a it was a fun trip. Uh, I noticed when I was watching back the SummerSlam post show pod we did that a lot of people in the live chat were asking why is Jimmy wearing a Chelsea jersey? Uh, because I guess I got their asses kicked that day. So I just wanted to explain I am not a Chelsea fan, but I've been to two games when I was in London on business, uh, and I always buy either a jersey or a hoodie whenever I go to a sporting event. So so you are going to come
0: was. to a uh, Cincinnati FC game, Jimmy? I'd be
3: up for it sometime. Yeah i'd be up for it when i make that day trip we talked about
0: yeah yeah i we'll do too. it i also want to sh- still still about an hour away reminder guys before we get too into the weeds donate a super chat any amount we'll read your question on the air or statement but uh fightfulselect.com this week i answer over six dozen questions in the Q and A. tim says super happy y'all are making me feel so much better i haven't been feeling great all day not going into details a man of mystery sorry jimmy
3: no, that's okay. So one of, my, one of my guys here at the company that uh, Sean knows, he went on a little vacation with his girlfriend to Japan, <laughs> and he hit me up and he said, do you want anything while I'm here? And I said, actually, yeah, I want you to get me an action figure, a Japanese action figure. Ooh. He got me an action figure of Tanahashi, who uh, I don't have it yet because he took a side trip to Vancouver, which is where he's from, and then yeah. he, he left the action figure in Vancouver by accident. So oh, I don't have no. it yet. But I also have this, which he got me. This is uh, the official program for uh, the New Japan G1 Climax, which is pretty cool. Moxley's on the cover there, Jay White, you know, all the local guys. I have it in the cellophane. I don't plan to actually take it out of there, but I thought that was quite cool. And he got me this. Look at this, Sean. He got me this Japanese magazine. So there's a big picture on the front, on the back, actually. Mm -hmm. And what's supposed to be the front has all of this stuff. So I was yeah. I was asking uh, Bernard, the guy that got me this, are you supposed to open this from the back? Like the way that they have the picture set up? Yeah. So that's a little confusing. I'm not sure what that's about. but uh, And inside, once again, talking about the G1 tournament, he said that they had New Japan advertising all over Tokyo. in oh, wow. In the subway, on the street. He said they had New Japan advertising everywhere.
0: Well, so, as they should. It's yep. an important time for New Japan. Uh, kenta with the big heel turn joining bullet club that was good everybody hated him there anyway Uh, i like the g1 g1 was a fantastic tournament and uh, not the only tournament in the wrestling world these days jimmy
3: no and i I was going to talk about new japan later we'll touch upon it now i am admittedly a casual viewer of new japan uh partly because there's only so many hours in the day especially when you're talking about a tournament as extensive as the g1 So I didn't watch every single match on every single show. I watched highlights of stuff. I saw uh, Kota Ibushi uh, in that match. And the Kenta thing, what I found interesting about the Kenta thing, for anybody not familiar with New Japan, is it was with Shibata. And Shibata, very much like Edge... Uh, different injury, but very much like Edge, he was forced into retirement over two years ago. I think it was March of 2017. Mm. He used to do a headbutt as one of his uh, moves, and he developed a bleeding on the brain, and he actually collapsed backstage after a show. Uh, Huge
0: subdural hematoma.
3: Huge. Right, and he also had partial, uh, uh, partial paralysis that he dealt with as a result of that and so they didn't think he would ever be cleared again again kind of like edge different injury but they didn't think he'd ever be cleared again uh and then this thing with kenta where kenta turned heel joined the bullet club shibata who is knowingly a friend of kenta and helped get kenta back into new japan did a run-in because of kenta joining the bullet club and then kenta laid him out and everybody was stunned because kenta is not supposed to take contact Right Or yeah. uh, Shibata. Shibata's not supposed to take contact. And so now everybody's wondering, is he going to come out of retirement? And I'm, I'm sure for American and Canadian viewers that maybe they're not most knowledgeable about New Japan, it'd be kind of like Edge taking that spear. Where yeah. everybody was watching going, what? I thought he wasn't cleared for contact. So well, a similar situation. Uh,
0: Dave Meltzer's saying that he's not cleared. It was one-off. But damn. Really? I
3: mean, he still took quite, a beat down, you know?
0: Quite the one-off. But I mean, hey, it. I mean, I, I would... Very similar to the Edge thing, we can go ahead and talk about that. The most viewed video of WWE's week for SummerSlam was Edge coming—I uh, don't want to say coming out of retirement, but doing the first bit of physical activity in the ring that he's done since his retirement. In over eight years, years
3: yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, I definitely did not expect it. I know you didn't expect it either.
0: Oh no, I, that so. was—that's probably one of my favorite all-time live moments in sports or entertainment that I got to witness. This right. was one of my last favorite wrestlers. Like when I was 12 or 13, right. I was like, ah, oh, that guy looks cool. I like his gear. I like all that stuff. He's different. And I was I was a big fan of his. And to see that, that was unbelievable. I don't know if anybody had any idea that was going to happen. So that was, that was very special. Did I ever
3: tell you my personal Edge story about when he left the no, Indies?
0: I don't think so. I never told you this? No. So
3: back when I got into uh, – I came to Toronto in 98. Uh, uh, and, I, and I got into the independent scene here and I was at an independent show when I was starting to meet some of the wrestlers and I was starting to get involved you know, in that side of things I was at a show and Edge who at the time, I forget what his name was Sexton Cardcastle yeah. uh, it was known that he was going to WWE or that he had signed with WWE and I didn't really know who he was at that time and I went to this show and Edge happened to go up to the promoter and he asked where his, where his locker room was mm-hmm. and then he walked away and one of the wrestlers that I was staying there with, I was like, who the fuck does that guy think he is? coming in here asking, <laughs> asking where his locker room was, and it turned out to be Edge. So
0: Wow, I, so had he, had he been signed at that point?
3: Yes, I think that was his last show, or, or at least one of wow. his last shows. Yeah, he had been signed.
0: So I, was, I, God, I, yeah, I, was,
3: that... I love retelling that story because you know, the, he was considered a name even though he was still an independent local guy. Uh, he had gotten a lot of dark matches and if I recall, I think WCW was after him as well at the time And so uh, I just thought found it funny that he was looking for his locker room and everybody else would change together typically you
0: know? Yeah, uh, between all the things that I, I haven't been able to catch up on I didn't even get to watch UFC Uruguay The Edge thing is, it was the first thing I came back and watched mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the reaction on TV didn't resemble anything like what we had there I can, was, Oh, I
3: can imagine, I it, can was, imagine. it was special Well, let's get into the King of the Ring, man. Do you want to talk about uh, what's going on with
0: that? Yeah, (laughs) WWE announced a 16-man tournament kicking off next week. Really, with the exception of Miz and Kevin Owens, a lot of people who haven't had that top run. And I think that's a perfect idea, Jimmy. Also, a bunch of people that can work. And a lot of people will say, oh, Barry Corbett. And you know what? Do I think he'll win it? Probably. Does he need to? No. But he can work his ass off as well. And if he has fast-paced matches with a lot of these people, you'll really see that. I like this. WWE should do this every year. I would put it um, a few months after the G1 yeah. as opposed to right after. But I would also have it culminate at Survivor Series every year, Jimmy, because you have that Survivor theme of elimination, elimination tournament, and have that culminate at, at Survivor Series where you, you've got that just kind of set up. WWE should do it. They've got the talent. Oh, yeah. it is an, It is the easy, cheapest, most simple way – To just have something that matters, and I think they've done an outstanding job making it matter this week, Jimmy. With Kevin Owens saying that it's as important to him as anything, with Xavier Woods being upset that he didn't get into it, I'm really happy about this.
3: Well, the uh, the sixteen participants, and this is based on video packages that aired, and based on stuff Michael Cole said. On the Raw side, you got Ricochet, The Miz, Cedric Alexander, Drew McIntyre, Cesaro, Sami Zayn, Baron Corbin, and Samoa Joe. On the uh, SmackDown side, you got Elias, Kevin Owens, Chad Gable, Andrade, Shelton Benjamin, Buddy Murphy, and Ali. Oh, and, uh, and Apollo Cruz. Uh, I I went back and I looked at the history of the King of the Ring because back in the '90s and into the 2000s, they did it every June. And uh, I think a lot of guys probably forget who some of the King of the Ring champions were at that time. But I went back and I looked at some of them. Some of them were very memorable in terms of what they did for the talent. You're talking about guys like Harley Race, of course. Macho King Randy Savage, who I thought was awesome. I loved Macho King Randy Savage. Uh, Owen Hart, the King of Hearts, was one. King Mabel was one. King Booker was freaking awesome. Oh yeah, uh, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Even though he didn't do anything with the crown and the cape or whatever, that was when he cut the Austin three sixteen promo, and so that's a memorable one. Then you look at the other side of the coin. You had Bad News Barrett, uh, who they did uh, jack shit with. You had Sheamus, who they made look like he was from Game of Thrones or something, or, or you know, living in the woods weird. with the stuff that they gave him. Uh, then there was a lot of forgettable ones where basically they won the crown and then they never really did anything with it again. Uh, like Triple H, Ken Shamrock. Did you know Billy Gunn was King of the Ring? Because I forgot. I did. Yeah, I did. Uh, Edge, Brock Lesnar, William Regal. So I think it depends on what they're going to do. Now, I don't play Fantasy Booker on this uh, show very often. Uh, but I will say this. If it was me, I would give it to a heel. I'd have a heel win the crown. And then I would have the heel go with it the the, the same route as Harley Race, meaning I would have them defend the crown in matches. Uh, because Harley Race did that, which is how Jim Duggan got it, and that's how Macho Man Randy Savage got it. So uh, they're like, why not go with uh, King Joseph? Samoa Joe wins it. King Joseph.
0: <laughs> King Joseph. And,
3: and King Joseph is out there defending the crown in matches, and he can even cut a promo saying, you know, I never get opportunity to win titles, which we know is bullshit, but he, yeah. could, but he could say it and, and make the crown a title that he defends in matches. I think they could get a lot of leverage out of it, and uh, I agree with you. That they can definitely put guys over like they did this week with Buddy Murphy, like they did this week with Cedric Alexander. Some of these guys can really go in the ring. So I'm cool a with bunch it. Obviously, of great
0: workers. Bunch of yeah, great workers.
3: Yeah, there's a lot that they can do with it. So I guess we'll see if they're gonna go the memorable route or if they're gonna go the crap route like they did with the last couple. We'll see. You know?
0: David Robertson, thank you for the super chat. <laughs> he says Jimmy looks outed for driving the bang bus. Sorry, I, it, you cut out. I didn't hear any of that. He says, "David Robertson says Jimmy, looking like he was about to be outed for driving the bang bus." Uh, let <laughs> me cute. tell you guys, I'm more likely to be riding that than an Uber the next time I'm in Canada. Yeah, I think
3: you are. Um, I think you are.
0: Wild Boy said, "Did KO need permission to mention Owen Hart?" I doubt it. Nah, um, I, I, so. I really doubt it. No,
3: and there and obviously there's no there's no heat at all with Owen Hart. If anything, it's Martha that has heat on WWE. Yeah. So I don't think there's a problem. I want to talk uh, about. Hold on, hold on. We got okay, more. Okay. We got
0: more. Okay. What Tim Traver? What the hell? An extra two bucks won't hurt. We appreciate you. Uh, Mixes says, should WWE bring back the Lions Den match between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley? No. If you're gonna do that, just have them fight. I agree. Shit.
3: And the the Lions Den thing was kind of goofy. They did it like yeah. you know back back in the area next to the stage and. It was kind of a goofy a goofy thing. I think that they could just have them do a do a match or they could hell they're not going to do brawl for all because you might end up with both guys on the injured list. Yeah. So, they're not going to do that. They could do something worked. You know, I would even try to, to steal the blood sport concept if they could somehow get that, you know? That I could mean, they could, they could
0: do that anyway. Yeah. They could
3: They wouldn't call it blood sport, but remember when uh, yeah. Big Show did the sumo match and they just hooked the ring the the, the ropes and posts down.
0: Yeah. You know, it's always
3: a possibility. I want to talk about Buddy Murphy. You know WWE has such a massive roster, and Miss McMahon is kind of notorious for always going back to the well and going with the same guys over and over and over again. And uh, so Buddy Murphy this week on SmackDown he got his opportunity, and I think he knocked it out of the park with Roman Reigns. 13 minutes or so that they that they went. Roman gave him all kinds of offense, but you know what I like most about the match, Sean, was the fact that uh, Buddy Murphy belonged. In there yes. with Roman Reigns. He belonged. He had presence in there. Uh, his mannerisms. His facials. Just the way that he d- did things with Roman Reigns. You know, he would... He, he belonged in the ring with Roman Reigns. Uh, and I thought it was just a really good showing by him. You compare that to Cedric Alexander uh, on Roger McIntyre. And, oh, I'm going to get some hate for this, Sean. I'm going to get hate for this. But I watched, oh, I-, the, I watched the match. And even though Cedric Alexander is great in the ring, I watched that match thinking to myself, he is not ready for that spot. And the reason I felt that is because the way that he overreacted with his facial expressions, like he would get a near fall, and he would go like this. And I watched that thinking, you're, you're too green, you're trying too hard. Uh, he wasn't believable with that stuff. And I just thought, you're not ready. In the ring, you're good, but in terms of a top-level spot, you're not ready. Buddy Murphy was a 180. Buddy Murphy's ready. He was on yeah. par. He was on par with Roman Reigns. Uh, and that was my feeling watching both of those guys. Cedric's not ready for that spot, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And Buddy Murphy has been. Re- and the thing is, he's he's not that undersized or anything like Mm-mm, that. I I, huh. I I spoke to him last weekend, and he told me straight up he was two fifteen. He used to be like two thirty in NXT. A lot of people act like Buddy Murphy was never two o five, and I don't know if I necessarily believe that. I don't doubt that he would get down to 205 pounds. He is an elite athlete. He's. I mean, he good. looks great the way he is.
3: Yeah, and he's... and he's so muscled up that standing next to Roman, aside from the fact Roman's a bit taller, he didn't look out of Roman's league at all.
0: I thought that Roman made him with the first move that he sold, Jimmy. Yeah, he took that knee, rolled out of the ring, and sold it. Roman Reigns was brilliant there. Yeah, I, he was. I can't say enough positive things about that match yep. and the way that Roman Reigns gave and gave and gave. For a guy that he knew needed it, yep. and for a guy that he knew he was going to beat, uh, like there will be some people that will hate on Roman Reigns no matter what. I thought he did wonderfully there.
3: I did too, and they even uh, they did the, the the tease at the end with the spear where it looked like it was over, but then yeah. Buddy Buddy blocked the spear and got a near fall. So uh, yeah, I thought Buddy looked great. I think that that was a. I want to see how he can do in the promos in the in in the major league, so to speak, if they give him that opportunity. But in terms of not just his in ring, because people got to understand to be a star on the main roster, you need more than in ring, which yeah. is which is something that again Cedric Alexander watching that match of Drew McIntyre, he definitely needs to work on. Uh, but Buddy Murphy had all that stuff. He had the presence. He had the facial expressions. He had the mannerisms. He knew how to act like a heel with Roman Reigns, and uh, I thought he just did a great job with that. And now, of course, out of this, the, the who done it continues, Sean. So yeah, what do you think? What do you think they're going?
0: I don't know uh they've done a good job at like keeping me wondering but what we don't need is the camera angles live from whatever is hitting roman reigns we don't need forklifts we don't need any of that like what the the interpersonal stuff they're doing is really really good uh i wish that roman reigns would have been like no you're telling me tonight instead of oh you're telling me next week but but daniel bryan just played it up that he's a shit stirrer because otherwise you'd be like what how does that make any sense that's stupid why are you waiting? Like, tell me now or after the show. I don't care when. I got right. hit by a car.
3: You would think that, I mean, if, if, we're, if we're trying to be, like, realistic, wouldn't the cops be involved at this point?
0: That's that's what I, I mentioned. To hit and like, run. I, I mentioned this to Alex, and I mentioned this to Jordan Grace when we talked about it because we were discussing the differences in using your shoot name and your work name and all that. And I, the thing I said was as much as I would like things to be compelling like Breaking Bad – if Jordan Grace goes out and cooks a bunch of meth, she's literally playing to a crowd of witnesses that are acknowledged on television. Right. Like, it's not like they don't exist, kind of like Lucha Underground isn't, doesn't really have a TV show in right. their world. Like, they're playing and acknowledging the fact that there are thousands of witnesses at any given time to all this.
3: I mean, the problem with WWE, like we've talked about, is that they do it when it's convenient. So when it's convenient for them to pretend there's no camera... Like spots in hotel rooms and stuff like that, then they do it. When it's convenient for there to be a camera, like when a guy's cutting a promo into the camera, then they do it. And that's long been my issue with WWE. They have to choose one or the other. Uh, And obviously, they should choose to know that the camera's always there. So you're right. In this case, it was a a hit and run, you know, publicly on camera. You think they'd just be able to, like, check out the license plate of the car? And and you know what I mean?
0: That was another thing I hated. How long it took the car to leave, how long it took Joe to react, and. We should have clearly seen that there was no license plate. Right. Should have clearly seen that. And uh, that that caused a big problem for me. I'll tell you what doesn't cause a big problem for me, these super chats. And this is a good question. Rob Wilkins says, Jimmy – or I didn't say Jimmy. I just said that because I'm posing you the question. What would you think of NWA on the new top tier of the WWE Network? WWE would probably like that NWA library uh, from 90s to present. Uh, And he thinks that Luke Harper was the driver. I love that idea. Also... That would be
3: fantastic, actually.
0: That would be really good. Yeah. And, uh, you know what? Wouldn't hurt NWA to have their new television series on the network. I think that would be
3: great. Wasn't Corrigan uh, in Toronto for SummerSlam?
0: Yes, he was. He was there at SummerSlam. He had a gig last night. Our friend uh, Dan Robert, who made the hard copies of the Fightful Mixtape, he and uh, his girlfriend Michelle went to the show... They were really excited about it because I didn't even know he had a gig. But also, you could get the NWA Championship off the Indies or Ring of Honor or New Japan or All Elite or wherever the hell it ends up. Because yeah. let's be honest, it ends up a lot of places, and it has helped a lot of places too. WWE likes to kind of stunt the growth of anybody that they can. Yeah, but... I mean
3: they could also utilize that library of footage they have. Uh, sure. you know, because they could tie them together where they could really put over the NWA title they could even do things like have Flair show up at an NWA show maybe to present the winner with the belt or something like that like, there's so many things they could do I think that's a good idea I don't know if that's something the NWA necessarily wants because you know how there's kind of this thing where a lot of these independent companies are popular because they're considered anti-establishment like, that's kind of one of yeah. the reasons AEW is so popular but at the same time maybe the NWA, maybe Corgan would look at it like well this is necessary for our survival uh, and so I would Just because WWE owns that library To me it makes perfect sense to do that You could even bring Right now the champion is Aldis You could bring this to a WWE show Put they him in the ring right with. Some, oh yeah there's lots they could do That's a good idea
0: they, They've got James Storm They've got Eli Drake A couple more guys that fit mm-hmm. right in mm-hmm. uh, Allison Kaye fits right in Justin Wally says Don't want to miss a minute of the show Can you ask my girlfriend Stephanie To go grab me a beer I think you did bro uh, <laughs> Stop trying to be the man of the house A real man of the house does things themselves and the man Becky Lynch did things for herself but I interviewed her let's take a listen to my interview with Becky Lynch What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at fightful.com here with the man and the champ, Becky Lynch. How you doing?
2: I'm good. Ah, oh, you're Sean. I yeah. oh, you always I, I see I see your name on the Twitter. Yeah.
0: I, Twitter. I I wanted to ask you about that. There was a tweet that I put out. There was a friend who taught a little girl made a little website about you, and you were deep into character on social media at that time, and always kind of are. Is it tough to balance that knowing that you you inspire a lot of people? You inspire a lot of young girls, and sometimes you, you got to kind of walk that line on social media
2: yeah um so the way that i look at it is is i will fight my enemies but i'm there for my supporters right so if 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 i can inspire a little girl um or or anybody at all for that matter and anybody who's supported me along the journey then i appreciate it but if you come at me just expect to, to get your head chewed off
0: have there been a lot of hurt feelings among co-workers backstage? Because I noticed your bio, nothing but work gets done here.
2: Nothing but work gets done here. Um, I'm, 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 I'm sure. But look, if anybody realizes what I'm doing, I think they would send me a, a, a bouquet of flowers. Because I'm trying to get people interested. I'm trying to get people to care more than they've cared about women's wrestling in, in decades and, or ever. And, um, and and that's what I'm doing and if I have to uh, step outside the lines every now and again to get that done if people can understand that then 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 that's great. Then let's all make more money. Then let's all be the main event of WrestleMania. Or, or, or we can go back to sitting in the back, brushing each other's hair, supporting each other, talking about how great we are, and oh, oh, look, isn't this wonderful? We're in the fight business. This is the conflict business. It's all about conflict. We're selling conflict. People need to understand that. And I'm going to be standing out there ready to fight anybody at any time.
0: So do you you have anybody that comes up to you like, hey, maybe you can help me out a little bit. I'm not as adept at this as you are. Like, I mean, it doesn't look like you pick fights on social media, but it does look like you end them.
2: Oh, well, so sometimes sometimes I I, I do, and then I realize, like, oh, look, if you're going to make this much of a drama of it, I'm not going to give you attention. I'm not going to let you step to the man. I'm not going to let you want to be a main eventer if you can't handle it. If you can't hack it, get your freaking jacket. Because that's the thing. Like, if you can't handle it, I'm trying to pick fights here, here and there. And then people just can't handle it. And then I'm like, okay, all right, on to the next. On to the next. Who else wants to make money with me? Who else wants to make money with the champ?
0: You uh, spent a little time at SBG in Ireland sure upon is. a trip back. What was that like?
2: Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely incredible. John Kavanagh is a complete legend. Uh, I like to spend as much time there as I can when I get over to Ireland. Um, I feel like it, it really uh, helps sharpen my skills and gives me a little bit of an
0: edge. When Ronda Rousey said, your armbar doesn't work, and I mean, it, it- it does well, i mean i
2: think we saw in an in an mma fight a few weeks later yeah. somebody won with my 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 move she won
0: a fight with a modified version of that armbar against Kat zingano i mean it was it was switched up a little bit but you look at rondas and how it was when it originally came in it kind of looked like that was a little little bit off did, did you take exception to that when she said that or was that just costs cost of doing business?
2: Uh, look, it's costs cost of doing business. Whatever anybody wants to say about me, that's fine. I just want to make money. I want to be the best of all time. That's fine. Um, at the end of the day, I beat her and she left the company. And we haven't seen her since. So uh, who's doing better?
0: Do you think we will see her again?
2: Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we will. I'll be here I'll be here holding the company up if she ever wants to come back. Um, we still have a one-on-one match to have. Um, I'll be holding this championship until uh, somebody pries it out of my cold, dead hands. So if she ever wants to come at me, Ronnie, I'm here waiting, you little weirdo.
0: As we wrap up, you spent quite a while away from wrestling. How much did you follow wrestling during that period?
2: I, I will say, honestly, um, it was quite hard for me to watch wrestling during that period. Um, so I had stepped away. I couldn't do it anymore. I, I went through some issues. And like I was seeing people li- like that I had come up through the, the, the business with, like, like Tyson Kidd, like Sheamus, like Natalia. Um, uh, I'll I'll make it. And I, I felt like I should be there. I know I should be there, but I, I, I'm not. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get there. And it was just very hard for me to... very hard for me to watch.
0: Go. Oh. <laughs> hey, we're back. <laughs>
3: I was telling Sean off the air, how can you not love Becky Lynch? How can you not love her, man? It's like we were talking about how... I, and I understand Ronda Rousey comes from a different world. And in Ronda Rousey's world, because she was the pioneer and all that, uh, there was a lot of... Uh, dissension between the girls there wasn't a lot of lovey-dovey friendships in the UFC and Ronda Rousey told stories about how she loved how supportive the other girls were in wrestling and how they could be friends and stuff and Becky kind of makes a point and this is something that the veterans have talked about like the big show about how in this era the guys are all buddies there's not as much uh competition for top spots as there was back say during the attitude era so you look at somebody like Becky Lynch who gets it and she wants to make money and she doesn't want to like she said be just Chatting with the girls and doing their hair backstage. Like, she wants to make money, and this is supposed to be the fight game. I thought that was a great interview, and I love her attitude. I love Becky Lynch.
0: I, I mean, I wouldn't have hated to get a clip of Becky and I brushing each other's hair. That would have been <laughs> a career-defining clip right there. Uh, but, guys, we got interviews with a lot of people coming up, not just WWE people. We had Jordan Grayson Studio, Allison Kaye, RJ City, who you all are going to see everywhere. I haven't seen those so yet. chooses.
3: Are those, Did you upload those somewhere? I haven't seen them yet.
0: Uh, well, they some of them are on YouTube, but Brady has them. So okay, bro I, I want to see them later. I
3: want to see Good
0: stuff there. Uh, I mean, my God, they they were like I got shots of them playing with my latex. Shit's wild. Sienna, Allison K holding the fightful championship. Hopefully, I can get her to beat Melissa's ass. <laughs> well and first take it if i don't
3: first you guys can have your thumb wrestling challenge yeah, and we'll then we'll talk uh, about that later yeah the we'll go from there today there you go we'll show the press conference so i want to talk about and we've, we've kind of touched upon this before i want to talk about the controversy over performance art style pro wrestling uh i.e fake pro wrestling uh you go yeah there's so there's a couple of reasons so or uh, aew announced that they've signed orange cassidy Uh, I admittedly did not know who Orange Cassidy was prior to Vegas in in, uh, May. And
0: fell in love with him.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Sean and Andrew Thompson, who were both there for FIFO, they basically told me about Orange Cassidy's shtick. And then I saw him in the Battle Royal and all that. That's fine. Uh, Something similar. So, Game Changer Wrestling, they did a show, Joey uh, Joey Janela's Escape, recently. And Mance Warner, who also wrestles for MLW. Did a thing on the Game Changer show Where the Invisible Man I guess they have a, a tag team of Invisible Brothers In Game Changer Wrestling One of them supposedly put Mance Warner through a door That was propped up in the corner And Jim Cornette lost his shit I didn't take a, a screenshot of it's Jim a Cornette's stick.
0: Such a shtick I
3: know, I know and I, I didn't take his, a, a screenshot of his Twitter And I should have But Jim Cornette lost his shit over it He said that it's needless bullshit He said he was disgusted That led to a back and forth exchange Between him and Ryan Satin from Pro Wrestling Sheet Uh, And Ryan Satin said something that I wanted to address. He said, uh, uh, wrestling has changed due to most knowing it's a work. That's what Ryan Satin said. And then him and Cornette went back and forth. And I know that this is Cornette's thing in order to try to stay relevant in in this day and age. It's fine. I agree with Ryan Satin saying that uh, wrestling has changed due to most knowing it's a work. I agree with that. However, like we've talked about before, I don't like the style of wrestling that screams wrestling is fake. I don't like the style of wrestling that slaps you across the face and says wrestling is fake. And so, seeing man, seeing Mansoor to go through a, tra- a table by himself, uh, Joey Janela's dick flip, Orange Cassidy with a stupid
0: you mean Joey Ryan. I'm sorry, Joey, Joey Ryan,
3: probably. Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan's dick flip, uh, and uh, Orange Cassidy with his stupid kicks. I think it's stupid, and I don't like it. However, this is what Jim Cornette needs to understand. But like I said, I know this is his gimmick kind of. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean that others can't just because I think that Mance Warner, uh, you know, bumping for an invisible man is stupid doesn't mean others can't love it. And if they love it, that's cool. I happen to like wrestling where I can suspend my disbelief. And so I like watching Brock Lesnar because you know that that guy could kick your ass. And so you can believe that he's what he's doing could really happen in a match. That's what I like. But doesn't mean others can't like it. And that's why when, when uh, Jim Cornette kind of rips on people and he really ripped on Ryan and I think he like, you know, threaten to be, threaten beat to him beat up. Threaten to beat
0: him up! What the hell are we doing here?
3: And and you know what? Satin kind of did it to himself, too, by going back and forth with him. But again, I think Satin also did it for the attention as well. I mean,
0: Satin did it to, to get Jim Cornette to threaten to beat him up? Come on, that shit is so corny. Well. So corny. But the and, point I uh, wanted to no make is... No pun intended. No, I, but I, I see your point. I understand yeah.
3: it. Yeah. I mean, what do you think of that stuff? What do you think of Mance Warner bumping for an invisible man? What do you think of Joey Ryan's dick flip and... Uh, and Orange Cassidy's Stupid Bullshit. What do you think?
0: It's it's a lot different on the indies because you're booking for that night and that one night. You're not necessarily building to the next show. Maybe that model will change, but when's the next time GCW's run in LA? Probably not anytime soon. Yeah, especially so when, when Ginella
3: goes to, full time, yeah.
0: Yeah, they're trying to put asses in seats in LA or they're going to put asses in seats somewhere else. Uh, They're they're doing what they can to pop the crowd to make them remember that one night, not necessarily building to a big fight down the line. Their brand does effectively sell the show, so they they do things like that. The Orange Cassidy thing, it's a wait-and-see for me. The guy is a really good athlete, and he's an exceptional wrestler. But if anybody sells one of those light kicks, those dumb kicks, that's a problem. However— if it happens just like it did at the uh, Battle Royal, Xeno Battle Royal. Yeah. Where he gets in there, he throws these dumb little light kicks. At
3: Tommy Dreamer, yeah.
0: And then Tommy Dreamer just looks at him and throws him over the top rope. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Maybe they got him there to eat a bunch of pinfalls and get a pop. I'm okay with that if so. Although it wouldn't make a lot of sense as to why the hell he'd still be around if he just lost all the time. Uh, I mean, I guess you he's... need
3: guys to do that. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, maybe he's teaming with somebody who doesn't want to team with them, and they're like, hey, can you do anything? Will you it's not do a anything? Bad idea. And they, they got to overcome that. There are ways to maybe make this work, and he is an entertainer. And that's something that AEW and TNT might need. However, where I'll have a problem with it is where it would beat you over the head, this is fake. If, if somebody I don't like sells it, yeah. one of those light kicks, that's a problem. I mean, if for
3: he, me, for me, even if he's in there throwing those kicks for more than 10 seconds... Because, you know, you throw one or two, you should be getting punched in the face. You know what I mean? In yeah. a wrestling match. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I look at the, at the gimmick and I just think, like, there's no legs to that gimmick. I mean, the guy does it on TV twice, you're done. But, uh, like you said, maybe they'll be get creative. Maybe the tag team thing's not a bad idea. Uh, using him as enhancement talent, I suppose, is an option. Maybe they were just looking at, like, WWE, we got we to get guys to contract. So, he's got some notoriety you know, that could have been part of it. I guess I yeah. guess we'll never know for sure, you know?
0: We, we have a couple super chats. Justin Wally says, Jimmy, will you be in Ottawa anytime soon? Food and drinks on me.
3: I appreciate that. I went to Carleton University in Ottawa. I haven't been back there now in two or three years, I think. Okay. Uh, but uh, we'll see. It's funny. It's only a few-hour drive up the road, but I haven't been there in a while.
0: Uh, Simon Willis of Ace Podcast Nation says, visit Ace Podcast Nation. We love seeing fight get WWE guys on record. Deserve success. Yeah, wowie. Usually <laughs> when people send super chats and they plug their stuff, I don't read them because we charge more for plugs. But that guy was a champion level subscriber for a very long time and had several plugs that he didn't use. So uh, make sure you guys check out Ace Nation, Ace Podcast Nation. I've been on there. Andrew Thompson's been on there. Jeff Hawkins, Anna Bauer, lots of people uh, he was uh, the guy that actually, uh, I believe, pitched one of the Bray Wyatt ideas recently that you liked. There was an idea of his that you put over on the podcast, Jimmy. But Which was what? I can't recall.
3: Okay.
0: I've <laughs> oh, got so many great ideas that it's hard for me to remember everybody else's.
3: Yeah, so speaking of Bray Wyatt, did you hear about the box set?
0: Sold out. ASAP. Wow. I signed article. I was like, hey, we need to get that article out because that that'll do some... I'm to really need- make sure I don't X out. That'll do some clickety-clacks.
3: WWE, because you know, pe- people people are little, you know, greedy little bitches. And so, of course, what did they do? They bought these 500 box sets, and a lot of them showed up on eBay for like 10 times the price. Oh, WWE, yeah? WWE needs to just release another 1,000 or another 5,000 of them and let those eBay things just, you know, sputter yeah, they on
0: should. out. I, I sure as hell know when the PS5 comes out, I'm going to buy like four of them, make that investment. Make that investment, Jimmy. Let's move on. You tried to teach me about investing. Not that way. Not that uh, way. I'm just saying. You're Although I will, I will admit, I was, money.
3: I was wrong on, on the WWE stock. I should have waited longer.
0: And I'm glad that I didn't yep. buy when you told me to. Which I, bought I, it, I feel like it's a conflict if I buy anyway.
3: Well, I did. I bought some at 80 bucks. And I told Sean, because once the new contracts kick in and then they have their first quarter with the new contracts, the stock's going to go up. And so I said to Sean, 80 bucks is pretty good. You should buy some. Of course, it got down to 68 after that, Sean.
0: Yeah, so. uh, David says, fantastic interview, SRS. Well done. Thank you. I appreciate that. Jimmy, not just the people in Canada. I met a lot of super like nice people in Toronto. That was, that was weird. I was telling you, there were more people that, I think more people know me in Toronto than in the town that I live in. Well, yeah, I mean, you
3: you came during a big wrestling weekend, Sean.
0: I mean, just in general, between your office and people that used to work for you, most people know who the hell I am. (laughs) My neighbors don't know my name.
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I mean, I got 40 people here now, and you probably know another, what, five that were here.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: I want to ask you, what did you think of the Sasha Banks return?
0: Loved it, loved it. When she came out, I was like, okay, first off, when she came out, I was like, did she have plastic surgery?
3: Her hair looked different, for sure. She had bangs. Well, I mean— like because that.
0: of the, the I've, I've seen her with the same hair and all that stuff for a while. I was like, did she get a facelift or something? Then she ripped it off, and I was like, okay. Yeah. Hey, good for her. That's awesome. That roster needed her back bad.
3: It did, but I'm not going to lie. I've, I've lost respect for Sasha Banks. I'm not going to lie. I've lost respect for her. And when she came back, I thought to myself, you know what? Good for, Becky and Sasha's a hot program. And like you said, the women's division on Raw needs it. But I lost respect for Sasha Banks. I just did. And I, I look at it like, you know, Dean Ambrose wasn't happy with creative revival
0: has been happy with creative,
3: but they have contracts. They honored their contracts. Sasha Banks went home and pouted. I've lost respect for it. I can't hide it. I have. How
0: do we know that she went home and pouted? We really don't know the story behind that yet.
3: She went home. She did. Sure. It's not, it's not like she was sitting in the locker room every week and they just had nothing for her to do. She went home.
0: Well, I mean, uh, evidently, they didn't have anything for her to do. They pulled the tag titles off of her. And uh, you know what? Vince always says, if you want time off, all you got to do is ask. I
3: well, get it. But you know what? If, if, if you're – well, she wanted out. She tried to quit, right?
0: We don't know that for sure. Uh, we really don't know that for sure. I got to – people will talk more about this now that she's back. Uh, uh-huh. But there's still so many question marks around there. I, I got to say that, like – You know what, if if
3: WWE told her take six months off or whatever it's been, then I take back what I'm saying. Yeah. If they said to her go home and take six months off, then then I take it back. From what from what I've always heard and and from what like the Meltzers and everybody said, she wasn't happy with creative, she tried to quit, didn't want to come to work. And if that's true, I don't respect it.
0: This could be your new skyscraper box office prediction, Jimmy
3: skyscraper box office
0: particular? do you remember we well both of us honestly thought that skyscraper that rock movie was gonna take a bath oh yeah, yeah 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 office.
3: well i i i i kind of underestimated the chinese china. market
0: yeah china, big time yeah that movie made 300 million dollars i couldn't believe it
3: domestically it, it wasn't a, a massive hit but yeah it china was, china crushed it
0: it was trash domestically but yeah we we were both wrong on that one. but Yeah, uh,
3: I understand Justin, that market.
0: Justin Wally says, Can- Canada, I always almost, sarcastically almost say Canadia, and now I almost instinctively say it. Canada loves SRS, Jimmy, and Fightful. Those shows were a lot of fun this week, Jimmy. I got a lot of positive reviews about your reviews. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of people oh, liked good. it. I, I thought they were good, too. And I'll tell you what, the the dynamic of interviewing somebody in person, I enjoy that so much better, even though... It's a little bit different what to wear, what to do with my damn hair, what to do with <laughs> my hands, things like that. I didn't go to broadcast school. I went to journalism school. Yep. Like I was supposed to kick off the broadcast portion of that schooling like right around the time I got the, the job offer from Fightful, and I, I never went to that. So all that's like a learning process for me. I watch people like Chris Van Vliet and Alicia Tout who do things really good, and um, I, I'm excited. I, I think this was a very big trip for us and uh, i'm glad people are digging the content
3: and i have i have a little sean ross sap scoop sean ross sap told me when he was here that his hair is now at the length it needs to be in order to cut it for charity and he said he's thinking thinking about a little snipski
0: thinking about it so what he said i mean the thing is that's not the first snipski scoop You've ever broken? Remember when you told us about your kid getting yes, I did circumcised. Yes, I did. <laughs> Jimmy's cut. That was pre Brady.
3: Brady hasn't heard that story.
0: Jimmy's got oh, the God. Snipsky scoops. Yeah, locked down.
3: I want people in the live chat and I want people in the YouTube comments to comment: yes or no? Should Sean Rossap cut his hair now that that's at the necessary length for charity? Yes or See, no? Should he cut it?
0: I put up a poll, and uh, uh, so many people said no. Like sixty-two percent. Really? Said, when was oh. that? Uh, a while back on my Instagram, which you cannot see, yeah, I don't probably, go I'll probably I, make it private.
3: I'm not future. on Instagram. I'm not on. But
0: that. Uh, I, I thought about doing that, but I don't know, man. A lot of people are like, "Don't do it." And hey, I'll be honest with you, my Twitter followers blew up once I grew hair.
3: No, they they grew up because you was, you know no. were the dot com.
0: No, the hair. It's the hair. Let's it's go. Hair.
3: Let's go to stupid people.
0: Let's do it.
3: All right, Sean, this first one. Oh man. People are just sweethearts, Sean. How many times have I said that on this podcast? This is reported by the Daily Mail on July 15th. There's a new trend taking over social media this summer. You have any idea what it is?
0: A new trend? Yep. Ooh. no that's one of those that's so broad like i need a little bit of specifics because when you go broad with me like that i like completely blank
3: that's by design yeah so uh it's called the sunburn tattoo put up the first picture brady which one any one i don't care
0: okay
3: look at this sean oh my god put up the other one brady look at this how many did i give you
0: what are do they t- doing, tanning this into themselves? No,
3: so what people are doing is they are intentionally exposing certain areas of their skin to the sun yeah. without sunscreen. They're doing it just on the beach. In order to create a design, you can even buy templates, Sean. There are shops online that will sell you sunburn tattoo templates to put on yourself for the purpose of making this thing. I don't even need to begin to explain how stupid that is. Oh,
0: this, is, this has gone on for. A long time out what? here. What? Well, really? Like a decade ago. You don't remember? Well, you probably don't because you live in an actual city with regular humans. Like when girls would go tan, they'd get the little Playboy Bunny sticker thing and put it on their hip. I do would, remember they would that. And tan it in. Yes, yeah,
3: yeah. so I do remember that. But like I, I could have put up a whole bunch of other pictures. People are getting like their entire back done yeah. in sunburn tattoos and like uh, a Batman logo on guys' chest and stuff like that. It's amazing people are willingly exposing themselves to the risk of of skin cancer for the sake of a tattoo that's going to last them for a couple of weeks. Isn't it unbelievable, Sean?
0: Yeah, it's stupid. I mean that's – yeah, that's dumb.
3: This next one, I'm going to start. I'm going to tell you a story behind this one, and I might have told you the story before. Uh, this is reported by ABC Fox Montana on August nine. Did I ever tell you my story about when I went to a RAW taping in February of 1999 at the at the Sky Dome in Toronto?
0: Right, <laughs> you didn't. I didn't. That's very specific yeah. as well. Okay. So... The weather was 72 degrees <laughs> Fahrenheit.
3: No, I mean this was back during you know almost the peak of the Attitude Era. So it was February of '99. Uh, they, they did the Sky Dome or Rogers Center. They got, to think, a good forty or 50,000 people for it. And there's a gentleman locally in Toronto. He goes by the name of Oliver uh, Jeweler. Is, and Brady, I'm sure, That's knows name. who I'm talking about. He's known as Oliver Jeweler. And this guy has a bunch of shops around the, general Toronto, the greater Toronto area here where, you know, he'll buy your jewelry for cash. And now he buys a bunch of other shit too, bags and purses and whatever. This guy did a thing. Try to picture this, Sean. This guy, before Raw went on the air, so we're talking like probably 7 o'clock, whatever, he gets into the ring in front of like 40,000, 50,000 people wearing a Superman costume. All right? He gets the microphone, and he says, I am going to walk throughout the arena, and if I see anybody with an Oliver Jeweler sign, because he had promoted it in commercials leading up to the show, if I see anybody with an Oliver Jeweler sign, I'm going to give you cash. And I have just a random stack. You might get a 10, you might get a 20, you might get a 100.
0: What the so hell who does this remind you of? People no. opening boxes after <laughs> scarfing down hot dogs.
3: <laughs> it's similar but different to my food challenges, yeah, it's Sean. It's the same
0: thing. No, it's, it's not. Oh, no, same it's same not. Effect. And
3: you know why it's not? Why? What do you think was the end result when Oliver Jeweller went, went around an arena loaded with wrestling fans he- looking for signs with stacks of cash in his hand? What do you think was the end result?
0: Did he actually have stacks? Well, he probably got jumped, but if he didn't, he probably just only had a few 10s. Then... Uh,
3: let's just say by the end of the little stunt, he no longer had his cape attached to his costume. All right, it, it created utter chaos. People were scrambling over themselves to try to get a $10 bill from Oliver Jeweller. And that leads me to this story. There's a town in Montana called Anaconda. Anaconda, Montana, Sean. And every year, they hold an event called Anaconda Kid Days at a local store, and they do giveaways for kids. This year, somebody had the brilliant idea of having a helicopter hover over the parking lot of the grocery store, dropping one 5 and $10 bills to the kids waiting down below. What do you think was the outcome of that one?
0: Well, I, <laughs> I, I had a similar project last week, which I told you about Jimmy. Uh, people like money, or at least anything that looks anything like money. Well, uh, they they were ready to fight for it.
3: Uh, older teens and adults jumped into the scene. They were shoving little kids out of the way to get to the money. An 11-year-old girl ended up in ER. Several other kids were injured as these adults were throwing kids out of the way to get to the money from the helicopter. An ambulance responder, the guy's name was Herb Selvage. He said it was mayhem and he said, quote, they were knocking kids to the ground, punching kids, taking money out of their hands, Sean.
0: (laughs) Jimmy, let me ask you a question. Serious question here. So (laughs) say there was a gauntlet of children. We'll say about anywhere between five to nine years old. Uh You had to fight them consecutively, one by one by one. MMA rules, so a ref's going to step in and say, hey, that's it. You're done. You can't keep on anymore, whether it's one punch or you tap him out. How many kids do you think that you could beat up consecutively until you just got tired enough that one of them beat you up?
3: What are the stakes?
0: There, It doesn't – probably – well, for you, I don't know. For me, lots of money okay. or just sheer enjoyment.
3: I have a daughter that will be five in November, Sean. Yeah. I don't want to even think about going in there punching five-year-olds in the face.
0: The stakes is... I don't know, Jimmy.
3: Come on. <laughs> okay. Unless it meant you know something very harmful for my family, I am not getting in an MMA cage punching a bunch of five-year-olds in the face.
0: <laughs> Who said it has to be a cage? Maybe it's a playground. Maybe it's a street.
3: Wherever it make... is. I'm not doing it. I, I Again, if if and when the day comes that you have a child, Sean... I'm and we've we've talked about it off camera. If and when that day comes, you will understand why I don't even want to put myself in that scenario.
0: Joseph Boza says, "Money talks and bullshit walks."
3: No, I made money in other ways. I don't need to punch a five year old in the face to get it. You know what he I mean? He
0: says it's for money. Maybe, maybe this your is why child, I asked you what the stakes are. Maybe your child is at risk. Well, then I'll do it.
3: <laughs> okay, I would do it for my kid.
0: There we go. Oh, I would. Justin Wally says srs returned to canada for a live snip show in studio are you wanting me to get circumcised on the air because it's a little too late for that i was gonna
3: say are you suggesting you're not like where are we going with this conversation my, my hoghood is long gone my friends uh, let's move on to the srs file reported by cbssports.com on august 9 this is not a political podcast all right and oh, so boy. I am not going to go on a tangent about police brutality. I'm not going to go on a tangent about unlawful police arrests. I'm not going to do that. All I'm going to do is tell the facts of the story. All right. That's all I'm going to do. So there's a quarterback with the Georgia Southern football team, a uh, college team named Shy Wirtz. All right. He was pulled over for speeding. When the police were approaching his car, they saw a substance on the hood of his car. They conducted a field test, which I didn't even know they could do. They conducted a field test, and they said that it tested positive for cocaine, so they charged Mr. Wirtz with possession. Uh, When the substance was properly tested, turned out it was something else, which the quarterback had contested on the scene that this is what it was. What was that substance, Sean? Soap. It was bird shit. Ah! And the quarterback's shy words contested on the scene to these police, that is not cocaine, that is bird shit.
0: They get arrested, you say?
3: Uh, he was arrested, and then... Oh, that's a, uh, that's a lawsuit. Well, so what's happened now is uh, the possession charge was dropped, of course. Uh, they still plan to charge him with speeding, but under the circumstances, it's probably not going to go anywhere. And yeah, if I was him, I would probably consider... Fucking these guys up with their jobs for thinking that bird shit on the top of his car was cocaine? What is that even oh, yeah. how does that even begin to come into somebody's head that they would think that?
0: I said soap because one time I got pulled over and I had a little detergent pack.
3: I think you and, mentioned this before.
0: Yeah, and they tested it that I think they kind of got the got the feeling I wasn't high on cocaine. Right. I've never done drugs outside of a little weed in my life, but they tested it. They ran it through the little little mixer thing and they were like all right it's not coke
3: oh so they did a field test for you as well
0: yeah little one yeah like i they put it in some little (laughs) container they they stirred up and then
3: i'd like to know how they did that with bird shit and came away with cocaine
0: maybe they snorted it jimmy maybe they tested the product for themselves
3: maybe maybe i want to move on and i want to give props to court bauer okay Uh, i consider court bauer one of the hardest most creative working promoters in wrestling and the guy's kind of like the little engine that could. Obviously, he's got WWE ahead of him. He's got AEW. They're going to be ahead of him, given their funding. Ring of Honor is ahead of him, probably. Uh, but the guy is, is continually trying. They announced a partnership with NOAA in Japan, uh, which I thought was very interesting, because you think about a guy like Harry Smith that left New Japan. He's got notoriety there. Now we can do tours for NOAA. So I thought that was a, a smart thing. And they also just announced a, a, a partnership with The Crash in Mexico. So the guys hustling. These are going to be like ta- these are going to be talented changes, so that they're going to have talent from those companies with him, and he can get his guys on their shows interla- internationally. It's going to be a co-branding opportunity for both uh, promotions. In those cases, they are the little engine that could. That's what MLW keep, is, man.
0: He keeps finding ways to do interesting stuff, and yes, I yes, he does.
3: That. I respect it too. I respect it too. Uh,
0: also, uh, maybe the best promotion I've ever dealt with is for, as far as PR. When you want your stuff ran. You send media companies press releases. Every day, MLW sends us a press release. Right. And every day, we run those. Right. Like, like, why not? If they want it out there, we'll do it. Yep, uh, we got a We got a super chat from Hannah Moore. It says, uh, DB basically said on SmackDown in his promo that if you threaten someone, you could make them say anything you wanted. Then he did that. Those are the seeds I appreciate about this storyline, Jimmy. Daniel Bryan, who has always been... The best at that, from talking smack and all that stuff. One of the best at yep. tying loose ends, at red herrings, at all that stuff. I like that. I thought it was pretty cool that Hannah noticed that, too. That was cool.
3: I hope he brings back the, uh, the environmental title. I hope that he wins a belt and can bring back the environmental title. They didn't do enough with it, I didn't think.
0: I saw a goddamn hilarious comment on YouTube, Jimmy. Uh, WDB isolated that clip of Matt Riddle talking about Goldberg. Matt Riddle, who I've not heard from lately, by the way, right. kind of a shame. But somebody said <laughs> Matt Riddle found what was ever, whatever was left of Daniel Bryan's belt and smoked it.
3: <laughs> there you go. So let me ask you this question. So we had been speculating that when SmackDown debuts on Fox on October 4th, we had been speculating that they were going to tie it in with an anniversary show of some sort. Uh, because uh, they did the 15th anniversary like five years ago in yeah. around the same time frame, and they just made it official that the uh, first edition of SmackDown on Fox is going to be the 20th anniversary episode. It's going to be another, another Raw reunion. They're bringing back all the stars from the past. I don't so, need that. Uh, well, that, this is going to be the first thing I was going to ask, ask you. Is it too soon after Raw yeah. reunion to be doing that again? Uh, they've announced Hogan, Booker T, McFoley, Foley, Lita, Kurt Angle, Goldberg, Jerry the King Lawler, Mark Henry, Riff Flair, Sting, Uh, I also still contend that they're going to try to get The Rock uh, because, number one, the show's going to be at Staples Center. Number two, he coined the term SmackDown. And number three, he's been very reminiscent, or he's been reminiscing a lot about wrestling on his social media. Uh, And so for those reasons, I contend they're going to try to get him. Have you heard anything about that at all?
0: No, I've not, but it's obvious they want him, and it's obvious that they will, will try to get him, and they should try to get him. They should any any possible time. like.
3: Do you think there's any possibility October 4, Goldberg's in the ring, and here comes Matt Riddle?
0: Any possibility? Again, they should. They should. They should. I do not think it's an accident that WDB filmed that exchange. Right. I do not think it's an accident that WDB has isolated that clip. Right. Uh, Matt Riddle is legit and can be put over as legit, but is small enough – to where he can also seem like an underdog when he's got like these big dudes he can work as a baby face and as we've seen he can heal it up too you gotta rock with that jimmy i find it hilarious that in the fall matt riddle is going to be wrestling on the same channel where dana white went on a rant saying you dummy where are you gonna go and make six figures <laughs> the same channel yeah yeah that's hilarious
3: Is Jack Swagger trying to work himself into a Goldberg match too? Or is he just spouting off?
0: Yeah, and he should. And if he keeps winning MMA fights, he might.
3: You think WWE would bring him back for for, uh, a wrestling match with Goldberg? They they,
0: they didn't want him to leave, was the thing. They didn't want him to leave. And if he shows that he can be adept at MMA and and keep competing there and keep winning there, they'll do it because he'll have that background to kind of fall on. But I know he's trying to work himself into it because less than an hour ago, he tweeted a SmackDown Live image of the two... Oh, did like, he? Yeah,
3: yeah. Ah, because I... As
0: we went on the air, I saw it.
3: I saw Swagger's tweets, and I thought to myself, you're really reaching when you're bitching that Goldberg kicked out at one and not two. Like, you're reaching, man. Yep. That's nothing to really complain about. Like, he's really working hard to try to bitch about something. You know? Yeah. So, do you want to uh, go to the big presser?
0: Is it time? All right, yeah. guys. Jimmy... It's happening. You know what? Last year's fight did not go my way. I think everybody knows that. I didn't want to hit a woman, and I still don't want to hit a woman, Jimmy.
3: I mean, you gave her but, a karate chop to the head.
0: Well, I did I did the, the minimum I could do. I did, like, the 15 pieces of flair is what I did there. Okay, I got it. I, I did as little as possible. But now in a thumb wrestling match i i can do this i can i can train really hard and i'm gonna train really hard and i know that deep down melissa is gonna train really hard too but let's go to the presser that has been filmed
3: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the official press conference to officially announce the return matchup for the Fightful Championship, Melissa versus Sean Ross Sapp. The stipulation has been determined. It's going to be a thumb wrestling challenge for the Fightful Championship. Let's start out by introducing the challenger. He is known as the Ewing Express, Sean Ross Sapp. Wow, thank you. Okay, you're not, you're not getting the title that way. Just so you know, you actually have to win the title. It's, it's time now to introduce the champion, the current, undisputed, fightful champion. She is Latina Heat, Melissa. Latina Heat, Melissa. Sean, it's
2: nice to see you.
0: Yeah, it's it's great to see you, too. I'm really excited about our match, our thumb wrestling match. It means a lot to me.
2: That's nice for you.
3: I also have an announcement to make. The winner of this match will be subject, following that match, to 365 rules. What that's going to mean is 365 days a year, 24 hours a day, you will be subject to defend the Fightful Championship. And the rules are going to be very simple. Anybody affiliated with Fightful.com can contend for this title. No referee is required. All there has to be is a third person willing to count a pin or willing to uh, determine a submission. We're going to very soon... Produce the thumb wrestling challenge for the Fightful Championship. Sean Rossab challenging Latina Heat Melissa, and then after that match, like I said, whoever wins
0: will be subject to three sixty five rules. Stay tuned to listen, your boy. I have truly been humbled, Melissa. Now there's a lot of things that I admire about you. I admire the fact that you do. Like a menial job, like you don't want anybody to ever know who you are or what you've done with your life or anything. Because as you know, I've got like 30,000 Twitter followers. Like I'm kind of famous, but I've stayed humble in that. So I think it's kind of nice that you don't want anybody to ever know about anything that you ever do. I think that it's kind of cool that while I'm going around and talking to the most famous wrestlers in the world, you're out playing real-life Super Mario and jumping on mushrooms in the woods and stuff. Like, I think that's kind of cool. That's – I find that humble in a way. And so I think that we can kind of relate to each other. Melissa, do you feel the same kind of common ground with me that I feel with you?
2: How does your head fit into Kentucky? How? How? The mass of it is so fucking large. <laughs>
0: Melissa, it's all about being humble. When you say things like that, it makes me think that you aren't humble. You know what's humble? Having your own initials stitched on the back of your shoes, because I don't expect everybody to know my name, but I don't see any identifying things on you. Like you just expect everybody to come up and say, Melissa, fightful championship, while well, you're wearing that everywhere. I think maybe you should wear this around less that would be a little more humble you need to sit down and be humble any final words
3: from the champion going into this thumb wrestling challenge
0: Is that Me? Oh.
2: i have a lot of thoughts and i'm not wasting them on him
3: any final thoughts from the challenger
0: i'm just so happy to be here i am i mean no listen, until you've walked a mile in my custom shoes which have also custom insoles because yeah I got high arches I I don't have like athletic arches I'm truly blessed to even be here to compete for this oh all the obstacles I've had to overcome in my life including high arches and it led me here to this with someone I, I truly admire although I don't agree with your methods Melissa I'm just I'm just so gosh darn happy to be here
3: Okay, tune in, listen, your boy. Coming soon, Thumb Wrestling Challenge, Fightful Championship, uh, Latina Heat Melissa, Ewing Express, Sean Ross App.
0: Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.